Drake Fraley is absolutely on fire. And there's another bat who we like who should get another contract next year. Justin Dunn's second start was more of the same from the first. Is he a starting pitcher? Plus, what Alexis Diaz and Hunter Strickland have in common. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr. Jeff and I, we have a passion for baseball, and we have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, we have taken that passion, and we have turned it into information for you for a better part of five years now. Wow. Time sure does fly. On today's podcast, we are going to uh, talk about two rights and a wrong. Uh, also, Jeff and I are going to discuss the travesty that is Nick Crawl's management of the Reds injured list. And we are going to talk about some bright spots in the Reds bullpen. Well, we're going to talk about mostly the bright spots, but there are a few other things to definitely talk about down in that bullpen. But before we get into pitching talk, Jeff, let's talk about some hitters because there are a couple guys right now that are exciting to look at, exciting to talk about. And I think have really played their way into a conversation that we didn't think we were going to have earlier in this season. And I'm talking about Jake, Fraley and I'm talking about Donovan Solano these two guys are absolutely going out there and doing it up right now yeah against the Cubs he put together Jake Fraley put together two games of multi-hit games I think he had three hits on Saturday two hits on Sunday just absolutely on fire this weekend but it's really been something that he has put together ever since coming off the injured list he has been ridiculous I mean Weighted runs created plus. The average is 100. He's at 203. <laughs> 203% above league average. Phenomenal. Absolutely love it. And, and he's really put together just a nice, a lot of nice at-bats. He's hitting 412, Steve. I don't expect him to continue to hit 412, but... Boy, oh boy, it's nice to see, and which means he's getting on base pretty good. I mean, he's been doing most of the hitting, not necessarily a ton of walking, but still, 412, 475, getting on base. But, Steve, that slugging, you got to love it. That slash line is ridiculous. He's yeah. slugging 647. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's just, just soak that in. 412. 475, 647 since he came off the injured list. It's phenomenal. He's absolutely finding all of the right spots. He's dropping in extra base hits, getting a couple homers here and there. He's not lighting the world on fire with his homers, but he's getting the hits everywhere all over the field. And you absolutely love to see it. And it's something that we kind of looked up a little bit. How long is Jake Fraley going to be? He's pre-arb. He's not even arbitration eligible until 2024. He's not even eligible for free agency until 2027. This is a guy that's going to be here. Now, what his role is, I still kind of think that he's more of a fourth outfield type dude. But I mean, could he play himself into a bigger role? That's possible. You know, it's not, not Listen, unheard of. 
of all the positions on this team right now, outfield and its depth is is something that's completely up in the air. If he continues to to push and perform at a higher level, he could absolutely play his way into that conversation. And I mean, and if you watch him on the field, uh, we talked about the numbers. Now let's talk about the old school stuff and the eye test. Yes. If you watched him on Saturday stretch a single into a double and take a you know throw from the outfield to the face without a helmet while he was <laughs> trying to get into second base, this guy's playing with some heart and he's playing with some hustle and and if if anything we know that cincinnati loves players that are gritty like that and get out there and hustle and that is definitely jake fraley right now and he is he is just fun on a team that doesn't have a lot of fun he is fun yeah if that's not a play if, if you didn't see that play you should check it out but if you saw that play and you didn't become a fan of jake fraley uh I got nothing for you because that was amazing. And he stayed in the game and he still got another hit afterward. That was great to see. Speaking of grit, speaking of grind, there's a guy that unlike Jake Fraley, isn't going to be here much longer past this season, but I think we'd like to change that. It's a guy that we've been talking about here recently is somebody that we kind of thought was going to get traded, didn't end up getting traded. And now we're wondering what the value is to his team. He is showing it right now. And that's Donovan Solano. Donovan Solano, listen, I I was all for trading him and getting a return on him, and they didn't do that. And I think that is probably uh, has a lot to do with the fact that he started the year injured. Uh, but since joining the team this season, his slash line, Jeff, 312, 377, 440. Uh, that's good for an OPS plus of 119. So he's performing at a level that's 19% above league average. And what that does for me, it has made me reconsider exactly how I think it is that the Reds and Nick Crawl should handle him. Uh, before I was looking at him as a, a semi-valuable trade piece that they could get something back for that might pay off down the road. Uh, but as I now look at a roster that's going to be constructed of a lot of young players next year, I've changed my opinion. I think that Donovan Solano has performed in such a way that they should keep him around on a one to two year deal and allow him to continue to be, for lack of a better way to describe this, an example to the Jonathan Indias and the Aleo Lopez's and the Jose Barreros of this team, uh, as far as what a middle infield big leaguer looks like and what a middle leaguer, uh, I'm sorry, a major leaguer middle infielder should be and, and keep him around because he is contributing in a pretty big way right now. And it, it looks like he's comfortable. It looks like he's happy and it looks like great American ballpark agrees with him. Yeah. I, I think that Donovan Solano has really shown me something. The only pause that I would have is he might want to go to a contending team for next year. I don't necessarily know. I think that, you know, we believe that there's an outside shot. The Reds could stretch into a contender next year, but they're not going to start the year in that conversation. So there's a chance that he might do that, but could you sign him for a one year deal? And then maybe the middle of the season, closer to the trade deadline, turn him into a trade ship. Then if he's healthy, absolutely. I mean, it would just basically push the plan from this year to next year. And he kind of is that stabilizing force as you go through spring training and as you go through the early part of next year, where we're probably going to see some more young guys come up like Spencer Steer and guys like that. So when I look at that, I, I'm kind of with you. I'd like to see maybe one more year. I don't know about two. I think two would make it kind of hard to trade for him next year or because the whole extra year, year control. Yeah. Okay. You're in an option. I think I'd go with that. 
But you're right. His performance on the field has spoke for itself. And then everybody's talked about, including himself, whenever, you know, reporters were talked to post trade deadline, he was like, yeah, I I'm cool. Like, you know, talking with Barrero and and talking with India and, and getting these young guys acclimated. Like, I think that it's important to know that not all of these guys are just going to fit into the mentor role that we give them. Like, it feels like there's a certain line when we look at a baseball player, they're just like, you know, once you start putting that three in front of their age, you know, 30, 31, 32, you're like, okay, you can become a mentor now. And some of those guys don't want to do that. They just, you know, they want to do like Tommy Pham and they just want to eat and get theirs, which by the way, he's doing that in Boston. Have you seen that? Ooh, I that have. Is, it's, he is it's, a, it's definitely a thing going on out there right I don't know now. What happened there? He went to Boston and got way better, but um, Donovan Solano, I think has really fit into the mold that we would love to see. And if he could continue to do that for the Reds, I'd be happy with it. I, I agree. You know, that that interview you're talking about where he said, you know, I can help India, I can help Barrero, that really is what caught my attention because this team is sorely lacking veteran leadership. And, you know, we've got Joey Votto, we've got, you know, but he has never ever really embraced that vocal team leader that that he's never right. really embraced being that guy. And for, for Solano to be like, Hey, I'll be that guy. It really, it caught my attention. And I, I, I really am at a point where I would love to see the reds do something uh, with him to keep him around. But listen, Jeff, we talked about this segment and, and basically we set it up as two rights and a wrong. And I want to give you a second to dig into what the wrong is a little bit, because we were talking off air before we, we click that magical record button and we were kicking around whether or not the red should be done with Justin Dunn. Yeah. After two starts, I'm seeing a pattern. There was a lot of pitches, a lot of pitches, which, you know, part of that was a very great leadoff at bat for Rafael Ortega, where he worked a 13 pitch walk to start the game on Sunday, but still through a lot of pitches to get to the point where he was just in the middle of the fourth inning and he gave up homers. He's given up four home runs. Now three homers yesterday, a lot of just signs that things aren't necessarily moving in the right direction. I don't know. I, I know it's only been two starts and I know that there's still more time to be had, but the question is, when this team is good again, is Justin Dunn going to be in the starting rotation? And I have not seen anything to tell me that. You know, I have some thoughts, but before I really get into what I think about Justin Dunn, I think I really like pitchers that do a good job of breaking down their own performance. I like pitchers that can, can look at what they've done and not be overly, uh, you know, think they did overly well or overly critical, but can really break down what it is that they did in their performance. And, you know, I think that Justin Dunn is actually one of those guys that can see himself and can really critique a performance. So let's, let's hear from Justin Dunn himself on how he feels about how he's performed so far. And I tell you what, we're going to do that here in just a minute. Cause I want to hear his thoughts. Like you said, he's very smart about just evaluating his own game. There's somebody else here that I'm I'm a little bit worried about how smart they are, though, because, Steve, I think Nick Kroll needs to hire some people to explain the rules about uh, the injured list to him. And to get the right candidate for the job, 
he should absolutely use LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire faster. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Publish your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Coming up later this week, we will sit down with and break down the Philly series with Connor Thomas from locked on Phillies as the Reds are getting ready to play the Phils at Great American Ballpark. But Steve, kind of like we mentioned, we're talking about Justin Dunn and his start, his second start, and how it's kind of raised some questions for us. And he did have some good comments about his own performance. Honestly, just a little frustrated not being able to put guys away. I think that's that's the next step. Um, you know, early in my career was walking guys, putting too many people on base, and then giving up a big hit. And I felt like I was in some really good counts and, and made some really good pitches, but just being able to get the fastball where I want to to put guys away, get the slider where I want to to put guys away, um, the homer to Wisdom, just got to get the ball up, the homer to Gomes, it just leaked back over. Morell, um, he did a really good job, good hitter, stayed on a slider and, and uh, stayed through it pretty well. So that one I'm, I'm not as much mad at. You know, I could have got the pitch down a little bit more, Monday morning quarterback, obviously, but. Um, Definitely have to do a better job with, with commanding the heater a little bit and just putting guys away when I have them there. The frustrating part was that ending. I felt like I was getting to where I wanted to be, um, but definitely took some strides in the right direction again. And I, I definitely will be better. I, I know myself and I know I'm going to continue to grow and get better, but it's all part of the process, as frustrating as it is. And um, get to work with DJ this week and then start dialing some stuff in and, and really get ready to go for the next one. That's exactly what I want for the rest of the season. Listen, we've talked about this, Jeff. You know, we talked about it being about repetition, rep repetitions and not results. Yeah. And this is exactly a piece of that. Look, Justin Dunn has gone out and he has gotten smacked around. And I mean, he's really gotten beat up. He's thrown eight and one thirds innings. And in those eight and one thirds innings, he's given up eight home runs. That is not great if you're keeping track at home. But if he can continue to go out there and identify the pitches that he made mistakes on, he realizes that he needs to work on that out pitch, that that getting over pitch on guys. If And he realizes that he needs to really spend some time with Derek Johnson and get that done. Uh, I loved everything that I heard there. I loved that it didn't sound like a guy that was discouraged. It didn't sound like a guy that was ready to throw in the tail and head back to, to Louisville. It, it's a guy that wants to get better and wants to improve. And that is exactly what the rest of 2022 needs to be about. For every interview that Justin Dunn gives like that, I am going to constantly have Matt Latos in my mind in the interviews that he used to give. Um, 
Yeah, much better. Much better to talk to Justin Dunn about pitching because he actually understands what's going on. And I love to see his feelings on the matter. And and Derek Johnson is up for the task. We know that. He is very good at getting guys to absolutely augment what they're good at. And I've seen some good pitches. It felt like Justin Dunn was locating his fastball early on. And that's what makes me wonder moving forward. Again, there's still plenty of time to see the rest of the season. He's going to get more starts without a doubt based on, you know, injuries and, and people who are available to pitch, but also just to see what he has. I think he's in the same category as Jose Barrero. We got to figure out what we got in Justin Dunn. And if he starts the year next year as a reliever, that's based on how he pitches the rest of the season. So I'm interested to see how he develops that outpitch because he's right. He got into a lot of favorable counts and then he worked himself into unfavorable counts, especially that Ortega at bat in the first any, but I think that overall, Justin Dunn has shown that we still need to see more. We still need to see more. Oh, but absolutely, I'll tell you. and and he's and he's gonna de- he's gonna deliver. I think. And yeah. at the end of the day, and you hit on a very important point just then, Jeff. Whether he's a starter or a reliever, what the rest of this season can show, what if his stuff is working, what is not what he can work on in the off season, because it's going to be very important for these young guys to come into spring trading next year and be able to compete right out of the gate for positions and right out of the gate for jobs. And, and this is this, the second half of the season, listen, it is a giant audition yeah. and you know, I'm going to continue to approach every game the rest of the way with that mindset. Yeah, I agree because there's only three spots in this rotation that are nailed down. I mean, you can you can pencil in and you can mark it in stone. Actually, Hunter Green, Nicoladola, and Graham Ashcraft are going to be in the rotation next year. Who are the other two guys? Justin Dunn has an opportunity to prove that he can be one of those other two guys. Speaking of opportunities, Steve, <clears throat> it feels like every time we see a player go down, every time. We see somebody with an interesting question of, well, are they hurt? Are they healthy? Mm, I don't know. It feels like Nick Kroll has to wait for somebody to tell him that they need to put him on the IL. Does he know that he can put a guy on the IL right away? I'm I'm convinced that, that, listen, Jeff, I'm going to need you to stop by <laughs> Nick's office when you go down to the ballpark on Tuesday and, and, and let him know that you don't have to wait when a guy is hurt. You actually, the rules let you put a guy on the injured list right away. And what I'm talking about right now is Jonathan India. There is absolutely no reason on this planet right now that you have not put Jonathan India on the injured list. The guy had to be helicoptered from the field of dreams because they were worried about compartment syndrome after him getting hit on the shin with a pitch. And now listen, I understand he didn't have compartment syndrome. That's great. That would have been really, really bad. But at the same time, what is the value in keeping Jonathan India active and potentially running him out there at 75%, at less than 75% in this particular season? Let's put him on the injured list. Let's get another body up here, and let's let Aleo Lopez play a little bit. Let's let Donovan Solano start at second base as much as possible when Jonathan India is hurt. Now, listen, I'm not calling for a replacement of Jonathan India. I think Jonathan India is tremendous asset to this lineup, but he's hurt. 
and let's get him healthy and let's keep him healthy and let's not risk more injury in a season that means absolutely nothing. Let's get a look at some other guys and move forward. Yeah, one of the things that was really concerning for me about this story was that, you know, India was quoted as saying, he's just like, I've never seen it swell up like that. And you're talking about a guy that I'm pretty sure he could be in a body cast. And if they asked him to play, he would play. Like he just does not want to be off the field. So this is all on the team here. The team needs to be the one to make the decision and say, we got to set you down for a bit, dude. Like everything that he has gone through this year has been with the legs, hamstrings. Now he's got a hit on the shin and a crazy contusion there that swelled up. Thankfully he didn't break anything, but like that kind of stuff, his legs have to be killing him and he needs his legs being a second baseman, being a leadoff guy, you want to have good legs. And if he's going to run around on legs that are like half healthy, what are we doing? Especially when we're not talking about a team that's competing for anything, like get him healthy, get him right. And let's bring him back to spring training. 100%. I get it. It sucks that we're not going to be able to see Stevenson. And now possibly, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to put him on the IL, but they should. Um, because that's part of what we're talking about here. But if they were to put him on the IL and shut him down for a while, then you're talking about your two most important lineup pieces out of the lineup. But that does not matter. They need to be healthy and they need to be ready for when this team is good again, hopefully next year. You know, and they've handled this injured list. I, I, I don't know what to make of it. There's, there's another guy that I wanted to talk about in this segment, Jeff, that kind of falls in line with this, and that's Hunter Green. Uh, we saw reports coming along that Hunter Green's been throwing. They're considering a rehab start for him uh, to get him back into the lineup, and I'm just like, time out. Listen, <laughs> if he needs a rehab start, was he really injured or was he not injured? What exactly right. is going on? Was he really on the injured list with a case of approaching innings limit? Because if that's the, really the situation, and we'll never know. Nobody's ever going to say that publicly. But if that's the case, okay, maybe we bring him back into this into this rotation for the rest of the season. But if he was truly hurt and we're talking about rehab starts and running him back down to Louisville, you know, you want to talk about meaningless games in Cincinnati right now. We're going to send him to the minor leagues to pitch coming <laughs> off of an injury. I, it just sounds like a bad idea. If, if he was truly injured, uh, I, I just have great pause with what is probably one of the brightest most talented arms we've had around here in a long long time if they're going to play any kind of silly games at all if if hunter green was truly hurt it, it, let's just kind of close out his year and and take the success that it was and the win that it was and move forward in the 2023 with a proven talent in this rotation yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And the quotes that he had and, and different people had, like, you know, he was saying, he's just like, yeah, I feel 100%. I feel great. I feel ready to go. You know, the, the all of the reports were that no test came back positive for anything. Like, he, he didn't, he was negative on the MRI, all that different stuff. Like, all of this just leads me to believe what you're saying. This is just them managing his innings this year. And maybe it is like some sort of spin zone thing that they're doing because they didn't want to just shut him down at a certain point and just be like, well, it's it. His, his season's over here September 1st. You know, like Strasburg like, you're talking about. They didn't want right. to repeat what the Nationals did with Strasburg. Right. Which, by the way, how'd that work out for them? I think they won a <laughs> World Series a couple of years later. So... I don't think we need to be worrying about spin zone stuff here. Just manage the team. Us fans will figure it out. Like 
come on. Like, we're, we're not dumb here. So looking at this whole thing, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it was, again, another situation where they had a chance to make a public statement about something, about the team, and they botched it. Yeah, I think the Reds, bottom line, Jeff, the Reds are doing a disservice to the the long-term key pieces of the team's future by not protecting them from further injury and what is really amounting to a meaningless season. Uh, but listen, when the Reds go to their bullpen, Jeff, uh, you can bet that there are going to be some fireworks, some of them good, some of them bad. Uh, you know, you and I are going to have a discussion about some of your more interesting thoughts about this bullpen. And, and while we're placing bets uh, on the bullpen, uh, you can head over to bet online right now and have all the information you need to bet smarter and, and have all of that information at your fingertips at betonline.net. Uh, right now, Mike Miner uh, is going on the hill for the Reds against Noah Syndergaard and the Phillies, uh, who are going to be a great American ballpark tonight. And Bet Online loves the Phillies, and I really just cannot blame them. The money line is negative 161. Whew. <laughs> BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs, find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for the odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news for every league from Major League Baseball to the NFL to the NBA to the NHL and combat sports. In addition to that, they've got esports and even golf, which I cannot imagine that there is a big golf segment. But if you're betting golf, bet against whatever the number is on Jeff Carr. He is going over, over, over every time. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to bet online today. You can use your mobile device or your computer to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet online. It is where the game starts. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Click the subscribe buttons. If you're on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. Jeff and I mug it up for the camera. Click the bell and subscribe so you never miss an episode uh, coming up this week we're going to have a crossover with locked on phillies we're going to continue to break down the series with the phillies and the return of our guy nick castellanos we will have you covered for all of that throughout the week all right jeff uh people can follow us on twitter they can follow me at s offenbaker that's with two f's they can follow you at jeff carr with three f's and they can follow the show at locked on reds there's no f's in that uh, as I mentioned, subscribe on YouTube. All right, Jeff, you and I were talking about this off air as well. Uh, the bullpen has some interesting uh, members out there. There might even be a, a bright shining light developing around more players than just your boy, Alexis Diaz. Yeah, I am looking at a couple of guys in particular, but this first guy, he pitched yesterday and he pitched really well. In fact, the bullpen as a whole and you mentioned, uh, Steve, the over. If the Reds are going to even approach the over this year, it's that whatever's left of this bullpen continues to pitch like it did on Sunday. Five and a third, scoreless baseball, love to see it. And one of the main dudes was Joel Kunal. Joel Kunal is a dude that I think up until this point has kind of been an afterthought. Like coming into this year, I think he had a total of like 11 innings pitched over the course of two seasons. 
so we weren't really sure what to expect from him. And while he hasn't pitched the number of innings that we know what we know now about Joe Kunal, I have seen some encouraging signs. So my question to you, is Joe Kunal becoming a guy in this bullpen? I think that might be a little premature. Okay, well, I let think- me... Okay. Let me let me convince you a little bit, at, at least a little bit. Fifty-five percent ground ball rate. In fact, he does two things well that I think all relievers need to do well: keep the ball out of the air, fifty-five percent ground ball rate, and he doesn't walk people. His walk rate is six percent. He absolutely does a fantastic job of keeping dudes off the base on balls. That's the kind of thing. Like, I, I would like to see him strike some more guys out. That that rate needs to come up a little bit. But overall, I think that what he does just plays really well at Great American. And I think he is becoming a guy. Well, uh, to that point, uh, I think he could become one of the guys. I think, though, it's too small a sample size. I, I, I understand yeah. that we're talking about a bullpen for the last several years. That's been pretty historically bad. Uh, and we really want to find a couple more guys. And I, where I was going with this is I don't think he's a guy yet. I think that he can continue to, to build some numbers up this season. He could finish this year, definitely being in the conversation to be one of the guys in 2023. And then if he can come out in 2023 and continue to perform at that level. Yeah. He's a guy, but you know how I feel about relief pitchers. They're just all over the place. You can't count on them from week to week, let alone right. from season to season. So, you know, for That's me, right. I need to see a little bit of consistency out of him. But if he continues to perform, you're right, at the level that he is now, yeah, absolutely. He can be a guy. He's not a guy right now, but he can be one. And I've got an interesting statistic that Alexis Diaz and Hunter Strickland share. I want to get into that in just a moment. But first, there's two other guys that I'm looking at that, that I don't think that they're on the same plane of Joel Kunal as being really close to being a guy. But I think that they're at least interesting right now. Like, I think if we had like a meter or something and like where the where the meter thing would be pointed <laughs> they'd be on the interesting you know we're kind of one of the most articulate guys i know <sighs> i don't know what's wrong with me today anyway um yeah they're interesting and it's revar san martin and ian gabo i know that people see that guy come in and they're just like who is that guy where did he come from did you know steve that ian gabo has the highest strikeout rate of anyone in the bullpen that includes alexis diaz I didn't know that because, and it's funny because I was going to congratulate you on one of your best tweets of the season, which was Ian on Ian and crime during this Cubs series. <laughs> yeah. I but did give up a whole Ian hat. That was, yeah. <laughs> but that was, you know, you don't have very many great tweets and that was a great tweet, but you know, you know, that is actually surprising to me to learn that, that he has the, the highest strikeout percentage. I think it's enough to make me be like, Hmm. All right, maybe I'll watch a little bit closer when Ian Gabo get, comes in and not go get another beer or another hot dog or something whenever they announce him coming out of the bullpen. And then Rivar San Martin, he's kind of on the same line as Joe Kunal in Absolutely. that he is really good at not walking guys and really even better, actually, at keeping the ball out of the air. He has a 62% ground ball rate. Now, his strikeout rate is even worse than Joe Kunal, so that absolutely has to tick up. I think it's only at like 14%. He just doesn't strike guys out. But he's not giving up the big stuff, and that's something that this bullpen has just had such a problem with this year. 
No, I, I agree in your assessment. You you put him in the same the same vein as Joe Kuno, and I think I have the same opinion, which is he could play himself into being a guy. He's not a guy right now. There's some things he needs to do, but with some consistency and some time, he could get there. I agree. And and you know, speaking of guys, there is a guy in this bullpen. I love him. I might have an unconditional love for Alexis Diaz at this point. I don't know. He is really good. I might die for him. This is probably too much, but I love Alexis Diaz. Whenever he comes into the ball game, I am so excited to watch him pitch, but there's one thing that gives me a word of caution. And that is that Alexis Diaz and Hunter Strickland both have walk rates over 12% as in bottom 6% of the league, something that Alexis Diaz needs to work on. So he's not perfect yet, but I, I, I just, oh, uh, but this also kind of underscores just how bad Hunter Strickland is that we've got to be worried about the fact that you can compare these two guys. You know, we're fast running out of time, so I will just say this, Jeff. Uh, talking about Alexis Diaz's walk rate, understand also that it has improved since, yeah. you know, he was he's a rookie. He was coming up. He was kind of learning on the job. Uh, he's better now than he was at the beginning of the season. He'll be so, better at the end of the season than he is now. Uh, next piece of that is Hunter Strickland should never pitch in another Reds game ever. <laughs> I don't understand what is going on. I don't get why he's still on this roster. He has pictures on somebody. He has dirt on somebody. <laughs> he knows something that we don't know because there is no other explanation for why he continues to be put into baseball games. Can we do like a true crime podcast between him and Corey Patterson? Like who had the most dirt on somebody? Because, oh my gosh, like I tweet out the only reason that I can fathom that they're continuing to pitch Hunter Strickland is so that he can put a bunch of guys on base and Alexis Diaz can experience coming in with guys on base. Like that's the only reason that, because every time he comes in at least two, not one, at least two guys get on base in some manner. I haven't been very critical of David Bell on very much this year. Uh, I feel he deserves a pass on almost everything because almost all of it is out of his control, but that's in his control. Yeah. Hunter Strickland should not pitch again. I don't care if he's on the roster or not pretend he doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, if, if he has to be like, you know, the, the Obi-Wan to Alexis Diaz is Luke Skywalker. That's fine. Obi-Wan ended up just kind of bowing out in the end. Just let Hunter Strickland bow out. It's time. Move on. And that's how we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for watching, for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast here today. Uh, Steve and I will be back tomorrow as we talk about a minor start for the Reds against Nick Castellanos and the Phillies. I miss him, Steve. I miss Nick Castellanos. Anyway, that's it's gonna, gonna do be it for real us. hard to not be pulling for Nick oh, Castellanos to just standing, hit man. one oh, out man. of the stadium. I'm almost rooting for him to hit a home run every time because wins and losses don't matter for the Reds right now. Let's just stick it to him, man. Nick Castellanos, do it, man. Do the thing. I'm rooting for you. Anyway. Make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Sully's got you covered around the league with his unique perspective on the league past and present. That's Lockdown MLB, just like Lockdown Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, Nick Castellanos is back at Great American Ballpark, but he's wearing the wrong letter. It's a P, not a C. What can people expect from us? Well, they can expect us to point out when Mike Miner gives up two home runs to him. They can <laughs> expect us to break down this entire series, have them covered with all the information, because you know what? We are locked on Reds, and we're locked on Reds every single day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.